0: Today's show brought to you by our friends at the Breeders' Cup. Be sure to check out the three upcoming Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win and you're in races from Belmont Park on Saturday, June 11th. Live coverage starts at 3 p.m. Eastern on CNBC and 5 p.m. Eastern on NBC for the Hillendale Metropolitan Handicap, a.k.a. the Met Mile, the Ogden Phipps, and the Jiper. In each case, the winners are going to get at least 30000 in entry fees paid by the Breeders' Cup. award to the nominator and a $10,000 travel allowance for horses stabled outside of Kentucky. The Jiper gets an automatic entry into the $1 million Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint on November 5th. The Hillendale Metropolitan Handicap gets an automatic entry into the $1 million Big Ass Fans Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile on November 5th. And the Win and You're In Ogden Phipps gets an automatic entry into the $2 million Longines Breeders' Cup Distaff on November 5th. We're going to be covering these races throughout the course of the show. We're also going to be looking ahead elsewhere on the network to the win and your in action happening at Royal Ascot next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Keep it locked to the In the Money Media Network to hear more about all of it. And thanks again to our friends at the Breeders' Cup. Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players podcast. I'm here now, but I'm not going to be here for the whole show. I'm going to be having some guest hosting help from our man, Spencer Lugenbuhl of Redboard Rewind. He'll be up in a minute doing some capping on what you might call the simulcast portion of the show, as it is Belmont Day. We've got Belmont covered elsewhere on the network, including our final answer show. You can find that one where you get the podcast or on the YouTube channel, me, JK, and Steve Christ. Lots of additional Belmont coverage, of course on our plus service, in the slash plus. But we will be talking about some of these races in the first segment as well. We're going to be doing a little, you might call it a horse players happy hour preview, the way that the show shook out on Thursday. Matt Bernier and I had a chance to go over five of the big races at Belmont on Saturday. We're going to bring that to you to give you a little bit of a flavor of that show. If you think our normal act is loosey-goosey, wait till you see Horse Players Happy Hour, production meetings in the middle of the show, breaking the fourth wall, you name it, we get very, very silly and we have a lot of fun. And we encourage folks to join us because those Horse Players Happy Hours are happening every Thursday from now until basically right up until the Breeders' Cup. And this is a chance to win your BCBC seat with $20,000 basically in the form of two BCBC seats added to the prize pool at no cost to players. It does cost 20 to play every week in the feeders that feed into the Saturday BCBC qualifiers. But the good news about that is that all the house cut goes to charity, the TAA, the TRF, Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, our founding partners who you hear so much about on these shows. So I encourage you to check it out. Horse Players happy hour games go live usually by Tuesday. You can find the way to enter on horseplayers.com. And then you can join Matt and I on Thursday from four to five. And for a little taste of what that programming is like, which you can find usually on my Twitter, on the In the Money Media Twitter, on the In the Money Media YouTube page, and also via Breeders' Cup social media i'll tell you what is a good thing to do subscribe to that youtube channel you know if you want to rate it and give some of our videos nice comments that also helps people find the show but if you subscribe you'll get notifications when we're going to go live and if you want to see what that's all about let's go to it right now real fast do you have belmont tickets yet no you want some well i'll tell you what you make a donation to the racetrack chaplaincy and you can get some really good seats how do you do it trfinc.org slash players You can find the link to buy your Belmont tickets there. Get them before it's too late. Limited quantities available. trfinc.org slash players. Next up in the show, so happy to be joined by Matt Bernier. Uh, We are going to be talking about the three win and you're in races that are happening this weekend. You've heard me talk about them in an ad elsewhere in the show. Now you're going to hear us getting into the form. The first of the three is race number seven at Belmont on saturday it's the ogden phipps a win in your in race for the long jeans distaff and matt i'm very curious to get your
1: idea of the winner well i mean latruska is just rock solid she shows up and runs her race time and time again she's often been afforded comfortable leads um as was the case i thought in the apple blossom all things considered she went out there was able to gamely hang on Clarier couldn't run her down because the pace situation was a bit disadvantageous um my, I guess to me, the X factor in the race and the way that I'm going to go, it's a bit out on a limb, but how far out on a limb can you be in a five horse field? Um, search results. I, I feel like Chad's horse can at least be close enough. I don't know that the Ortiz boys are going to go, you know, banging heads early on. I could see a rad aboard search results just kind of flanking Latruska. Keep in mind, he knows Latruska as well as anyone, he's ridden her a million times. And uh, search results. If you just look at the buyer and say, oh, well, 96, she's not fast enough, that's fair. Depending on other figs that you may consult, um, one in particular, she's extremely fast. Um, And and I don't know if it's going to be enough to win, but she should get first run. And I guess you could look at it the other way and say she's going to be the one that unfortunately has to do the dirty work. Uh, I'm going to approach it more in line that I think the other girls are going to have too much to do because the pace could be on the more moderate side. I'll give search results a shout.
0: My idea in here was to play it mostly for an exacta. And the way the most likely exacta, I think, is Petruska over Clarier. I could see a world in which Malifat is ridden more aggressively than we're, than we're used to seeing, though she has nearly led at every call before under weird short field circumstances before. I don't think we're going to see her on the lead at all, but I don't think we're going to see her as far back as she might be. And then there's also that possibility of search results attacking early. um, If, if they do decide that they need to do the dirty work um, on search results, as you intimated, there was a world in which that might happen. So I think that's those two are going to hang hang on one second, parent. Those two are going to get exhausted. And I think Clariere is going to come and finish parent. Come say hi to the crowd. This is the weekly The weekly visit from parents. I
2: need, I I do, I need my guitar thing. I'm not my guitar thing, my Taekwondo backpack.
0: I don't know where it is, but you do need to bring your sparring gear today, Master Kim said, so Loli can help you out. (laughs) Say goodbye to everybody. All right, and I will not be picking you up today. Mommy's going to pick you up because I got to go to the track. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up folks uh, Let's move on Matt I think I finished where I was going with that Oh, Let me just make the point more clearly Because I was a little distracted I just think Clariere with her finish Might have a tactical advantage late Because those two are going to be closer To Latruska who I think is a little bit of a, of a freight train um, With a pace Best numbers pace advantage And I do think it's interesting and notable To bring it back to the Breeders' Cup for a second That you know, obviously disappointed By the, by the results of The Breeders' Cup last year, which I think was mostly a result of the pace in that race and how crazy it was. But, you know, remembering how she was training leading up to that race, I think she was a little over the top. Her season started back in January last year. She had a lot of races. And, look, I'm all for that. And I I certainly didn't hold the Breeders' Cup against her when voting for an Eclipse Award. But this seems like a campaign designed to win the Breeders' Cup. And I think we're very likely to have a fresher Latruska at the end of the season. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, when it comes to Saturday and the Ogden Phipps. The next win-and-you're-in race we're going to talk about is race number eight, the grade one Jiper, this one being a win-and-you're-in race for the turf sprint. And Matt, I've been talking too much. I'm going to throw it right back to you. Who's going to win this thing?
1: So hard. It's such a hard race. A, I don't like turf sprints because I'm not particularly good at them. But B, when you get a race like this where, aside from Arrest Me Red, I mean, I could, or a Casa Creed, I suppose, fits in there as well. Aside from those two, you could really make a case for any of them. I ended up going back to my old friend, Gear Jockey. Um, I I thought his run at Churchill was solid. He checked at a pretty critical moment. He was part of that sort of uh, pace skirmish early on, had to steady out of there, rallied, and just flattened out at the end of the run. You know, the Shaker Town two back at Keeneland, no, he wasn't great. But I mean, no one was going to beat Golden Pal with the way that he ran. Uh, he never has struck me as a Gulfstream kind of turf horse. I think he's more of a five and a half, may even be a hair short. He's a six to seven type, in my opinion. He's not quite a miler or a mile and a 16 type, although he's won at those distances before. I think he is a one turn, six or seven type, maybe even a one turn mile, maybe the Woodbine mile down the road. But I, I think Gear Jockey is probably a little bit dirtied up based on some of these last running lines. I don't love six to one in a field like this. I would want something, you know, eight or 10. I don't know if he'll go off at that price. You might get that. But I went with Gear Jockey. And I think one other thing to to at least throw out there, uh, Jose Lascano's reunited. And Lascano had been aboard for that run of four races where this horse ran really, really well. And I say, you know, four. I'm including the Breeders' Cup. But the Turf Sprint at Kentucky Downs, the Troy at Saratoga, and then the N2X at Saratoga. I mean, they're arguably the best races he's ever run. And Lascano was aboard for all of them. So they get reunited. We'll find out. Gear jockey is where I'm going to go. I like gear jockey as
0: well. And and I mean, I just thought that trip last time was was horrendous. And, and the horse showed an awful lot of grit. Very, very hard to check like that when up in the vanguard at five and a half. And then still come on and make a menacing move. And still even stayed on okay at the end after getting tired. This is a good horse. A joke I made to JK on the Final Answer show. And folks want much more on the Belmont card. Definitely check out the Final Answer Show on our YouTube channel or our podcast feed with me and J.K. and and the great comedian Stephen Christ. But <laughs> the <laughs> I said gear jockey collects uh, collects trips like uh, our kids collect Pokemon cards, you know. And at some point, you wonder: is that a character flaw? Is there something? about this horse's physicality the opposite of a push button horse say the kind of horse that gets into trouble and that is kind of why the six to one isn't overly appealing to me but in this tough field i think that you could easily get more than that the other one that i will mention in this spot is the 13 gregorian Chant, uh, finished ahead of gear jockey last time and the angle with him and we'll get a line on this on friday from how caravel makes out and i guess it's the intercontinental Uh, The inside on the turf those days at Churchill was that typical thing you see sometimes after the rain where the inside was not did not seem like it was good. If that becomes a confirmed thing that the horses that were down there are running a few lengths better. I mean, if Gregorian chant runs a few lengths better, Gregorian Chant's going to win the race. So it's not the easiest post, but I think Gregorian chant is an interesting one to keep in mind. I like the chances of Rosario to maybe uh, get work a good trip. And then in terms of your exotics and everything, I can't fault Arrest Me Red, who looks like the best speed, or Casa Creed, who probably looks like the best closer. So I'll probably mess around with all four of those in various combinations in the Jiper. Any other thought on, on the Jiper before we, we move it along?
1: No, because at that point I would just be be spraying because i I think you could talk
0: about seven of them couldn't yeah
1: i mean you honestly you could probably even go deeper than that um in a field of 13 it would not surprise me at all if uh i'm I'm making it up the only one that i guess i just really have a hard time seeing is grays creek but beyond that I, i you can at least make interesting cases albeit some of them more likely than others for for i think the vast majority of the field yeah, it's, it's
0: really true. It's, it's a question of where you want to take a shot and it is interesting in a sequence that has some races that are really nailed down to, to, to try. If you can rather than fully spread, if you can just find the long shot or long shots you like, you have a chance to make the, the seemingly simple rest of the sequence work for
1: you instead of against you. The other thing, Pete, if you think about it, from a multi-race standpoint, if for whatever reason, let's say you believe it is Chalk City outside of that race, rather than just spread, find, and again, this is where, you know, we, we've talked about Steve Kristen and we'll talk about him again, the idea of using the ABC method. I, I think that's a race where you get really aggressive, even with a price, because that's, I, I think everybody's going to be looking at it saying, oh, I got to go wide there. I got to cast a wide net. Well, if you like, I'm making it up, a 15-to-1 shot in that spot, play them for $10 as part of a multi-race wager as opposed to, you know, just buying the race and saying, all move on kind of thing. Yeah, you're going to lose equity doing that because it's
0: so master of the obvious in this pick-six sequence to go single, you know, single, single, single spread, single spread. (laughs) Every ticket is going to be that. That's going to be a very, very hard way to make money, unless, of course, you've got... Uh, a non obvious single in, right. in uh, one or two of those other races. One of the horses that will be the biggest single in the pick six comes up in race number nine, where we've got more Breeders' Cup win and you're in action for the Hillendale Metropolitan Handicap, better known as the Met Mile. And this, and I, you know how I love saying this, win and you're in action for the big ass fans, Dirt Mile, Matt. And this is the return to the races of Flightline, who was. So hyped heading into the last start, his first in graded company in the grade one Malibu. And then he delivered on the hype in that race, running faster at every call and putting on just a massive performance. Of course, it's not like it's all uh, sunshine and, and tamales here. There, there are some issues potentially with Flightline. He's leaving California for the first time. He's never faced a horse as good as Speaker's Corner before. Um, and he's never gone this far. At the end of the day, are you with Flightline or against him?
1: I, I, I don't know if this is a, a fair answer. I'm I'm not against either of the inside two. That's my opinion. Uh, it feels like a match race. Uh, I think they're the two speeds in here. I like Happy Saver. I think he's a good little horse. Aloha West is a Breeders' Cup winner. Um, but the, to- the, the top two in the market are just head and shoulders above the other three from a numbers standpoint. And they both happen to be the speeds in the race. So if it's not flight line, it's Speaker's Corner. If it's not Speaker's Corner, it's Flightline. Purely on numbers, it's Flightline. But having said that, that Carter, I know it was a very, very tepid pace. Speaker's Corner ran. That was a big, big effort from this horse. And you can't help but notice he just continues to get better and better and better with each race. Um, I'll be very, very interested to see how the whole thing plays out. It's arguably the worst betting race of the day. But from an entertainment standpoint, it might be the best race of the day.
0: Oh, I mean, you got some superstars and and a potential, you know, just absolute freak on display in Flightline. My idea from the rate of the race from a betting point of view is to hope that Alvarado and Pratt ride it like a match race. You know, if they back it down and they 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 do it that way, nothing can get involved. But I mean, I think Alvarado's best chance is to sit on, I'm not saying to duel with flight line, but at least sit on his flank and give him something to think about and make him use every bit of that early speed early with the thought of bottoming out the petrol and trying to take him on the turn. If they they do that cat and mouse at high speed and it gets hot early, I could easily see one of the two faster horses cracking and uh, old friend Aloha West coming running down the center, probably not to win, I'd bet him to win it 10 to one. I don't know that we'll get that, but you I might. like you could. And I you like might. his chance. I like his chance to, to beat one of them for second at what I'm guessing that price is going to be uh, as opposed to the, you know, even money exact that I expect flight line and, and speakers corner to be. So that's my idea. That's how I'm going to try to take this race and make it a little bit bettable. You, you, if you, if you squint, can you see it? Or am I banging my head against the wall and they're just going to run one two around the track?
1: Well, no, I mean, first thing, as far as your price on Aloha West, I think personally, Flightline's probably probably three to five, maybe two to five. But I think Speaker's Corner comes in. I think it comes in from eight to five. I think it's probably yeah. even money. And if you have that, again, just purely on math, everybody Same else has to be double digits. Yeah. So Money's
0: got to go somewhere. I,
1: I think you'll get Aloha West probably pretty close to that 10. Uh, my thought, if you were really, really just, just absolutely hellbent on playing the race and it wasn't part of a multi-race sequence— I would probably try to do something like a cold superfecta where it's, it's flight line over speaker's corner and then take your pick, or maybe you end up, uh, you know, sort of, I don't want to say boxing, but going three, four, three, four in third and fourth, I would probably try to separate them. And granted you would need to press this thing really, really hard. So I'm making it up, play a 25 or $30 superfecta of one, two, three, four, or one, two, four, three, uh, and hope to, I mean, what, realistically what does that come back if it comes in that way you're gonna get 10 bucks i would
0: have to look at that and and figure out on the math because it's so weird but there is a there is a super in this five horse field but the weird thing about there being a super in this five horse field is one is i mean unless you're seeing something i'm not i mean i i don't see how informative can not run last so It's, so it's I just, just it's, I think it's, it's one of those things. That,
1: I, I think it's one of those things that uh, I I don't know that many people. That's the first thing that goes to their mind in a race like this. Right. I think a lot of people look at it and go, Oh well, if I can turn the one two exacta into you know I'm making it up seven to five, I'm gonna do that Um, as opposed to turning the the one two exacta along with the the four three third and fourth into eight to one. I mean, is it eight dollars for a buck? I don't know. It's hard to say but that would be my kind of idea if you were really granted you you got to be scratching a little bit there to be getting involved that deep but i would i would play some sort of a a cold superfecta of you know 20 30 40 50 bucks and just hope, hope that you're right have
0: a little bit of fun try to pick yeah. the race and just get uh, get it right you know it's, it's it's okay sometimes especially in a day like this you're not going to have success trying to own every combination of everything going on it it's not that kind of day you you got to take some chances you got to make some bets that you know you're you're fully i mean as you should most days you know the the idea of trying to lock everything up all the time is is folly but particularly on a day like today Take some chances and just just try yeah. to pick the race. I, I like that idea. You know, one combination, two combinations in the super, and see what and see what can happen with my Aloha West idea. I think that could really potentially pay too. I, I may go back to the drawing board and look at that look at that one a little bit. Let's move on to the featured race of the day, unless you had something else on the met.
1: No, no, but to your point, I mean, if if you can split those two with Aloha West, then all of a sudden. I mean, you're we're talking about a different story where it's going to pay considerably more than it probably should simply because everyone's going to have the two chalks on top.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to get into the second beer. We're doing a two beer show today because we're running. I don't know if I'm (laughs) going to go to Belmont or just meet the crew at King Umberto's. We're still trying to figure this out. But for today, I'm taking this happy hour concept very seriously as you. How far are you from the track? It's not to, not to
1: give up your location.
0: No, no, it's okay. It's okay. The Brooklyn Bunker is, you know, it's on it's it's on Google Maps at this point, I think. So it's not <laughs> not much of an issue. It's it's not far at all as the crow flies, but it is It'll take me. I mean, it could take me ninety minutes to get there. Yeah, it it's awful. Traffic. Yeah, it's yeah. just terrible. But it, uh, whatever. I have a ton of work to do. I'm just gonna bring the computer, bring the hotspot, sit in the back of the Uber, and and, and rock out some writing that uh, that that we have to do for some other for some other clients. I'll get to work on those uh, on the on the in the money plus uh, content. So we, we make sure that all those folks get uh, get what they're promised. So it'll it'll be cool. But race number ten is the oh wait a second no we're not doing race number 10 because that's not a win and you're in race well you know what i feel obligated i feel obligated you've You've done the manhattan let's talk about manhattan real quick yeah yeah yeah
1: um so it's a race in a weird way and i'm sure this will sound so dumb saturday afternoon when chad wins it with one of his horses but i don't know that i love any of chad's horses in here they could all win but i don't look at this as a year where you've got a bricks and mortar or you've got a you know um instilled regard or robert bruce or one of these horses that i think was really really good um these are all nice horses but i don't know that they're head and shoulders above everyone else i i'm kind of done with goofo he could win but you know a i think he wants longer and b i thought he should have beat highland chief and i've seen a lot of people that like highland chief maybe he did just finally turn the corner here in the states um I don't know. I, I think he leaves a bit to be desired. I, I think that was more a product of the pace and the, in the track itself. I've gone on record saying what I believe about Yabir. I know he is a breeders cup winner. I'm not a huge fan. Um, and, and in hindsight might not have been a great breeders cup turf. Uh, Santin or Santine, uh, you know, I think he's really good and maybe the blinkers unlocked his potential, but uh, you know, to Steve Chris point, the way that he laid it out, I kind of get the impression no one else did any running in that race, and it's hard for me to really get stuck into a short price on a horse that may have just beat a field that didn't show up. I ended up going up with one of my old friends, and it's not Tribuvon who you know I, he nearly nearly got home for me last year, kind of not really, but um, in love. I don't know if he's a mile and a quarter horse, um, but I don't know that he's not a mile and a quarter horse. That's one, two. I first looked at the running line and I said, boy, you finished last in the maker's mark mile. That, that had to be a terrible race. And the horses were all finished by, separated by, you know, a head, a neck, and nose. That maker's mark is the livest race you're going to find to this point anyway in the season. You've had horses that have come back. Uh, Mason came back and won next out a stake at Belmont with a 100 buyer. Smooth like straight finished second with a 103 buyer. The other buyers in the field, aside from Churl Spite, 98, 100, 108, 101. You had two other graded stakes winners in there that finished just right in front of In Love. And In Love is a horse that here in the States, his second start off the bench has been a considerable move up. Again, I don't know if he's a mile and a quarter horse, but I don't know that he's not. In a race, if I don't love anyone, why would I want to take a short price? And I'm going to echo the same thing for the Belmont in a moment. I think In Love's a good horse. I think the blinkers are the thing that changed it for him. I'm going to be betting him to win.
0: I like him, too. I like him, too. You you heard me on Final Answers talking about it. And the distance is a question mark, but it's not it's not like it's some wild idea that this horse with lots of foreign blood would be able to get the extra the extra quarter of a mile. I love the second off the layoff. I love the form of the last race. I did pick Santine on top. I'm going to go with Santine. I'm not sure if that's right. And this was another one we argued on the show last night about the mile and a quarter breeding. This was one where I can see the point because the dam, Sentiero Italia, did not want to run a mile and a quarter. But her mom sure did. And she had a, a and the the second, I want to say her aunt, I suppose it's a it's a sister of the second dam in horse racing parlance, was also excellent. Going, not wrong, you know, though. Yeah, going that far. So I'm thinking, you know, in and the and the hands that he's in. And the way that he's developing, I made him my top pick, but I'm going to play it 9-5 in the Manhattan. All right, we've got, uh, we've got five minutes to race four at Belmont, so we're not going to be talking endlessly about the Belmont Stakes, but we can do three minutes on it. And I've yapped about this race in, in a lot of places. So let's bring it to you for your final answer, Matt Bernier.
1: First things first, what do we have left in the show? I know Naomi is involved, correct?
0: yes we've got eight minutes you think and put a pin and we'll do this at, at great length later
1: let's talk about this upcoming race at belmont okay then we'll run naomi's piece and we can wrap up with the belmont stage
0: i like that it just means craig's
1: gonna have to edit but he will he'll oh he'll... no i'm sorry hang on you're right i'll do it now i'll do it now <laughs> the belmont all right well you're gonna have to cut that out now anyway it's gonna, no, because
0: it's no it's okay, the cat's okay out I'm gonna. I'll tee this up as we're giving a taste of the loosey goosey vibe on Horseplayer Happy Hour, yeah, so that people right. know. So everybody now listening to this on the regular late week show, this is this is the kind of professional broadcasting <laughs> you get when you tune into Horseplayer Happy Hour. Who wins the Belmont Stakes?
1: I it's, Steve Chris will forget more than I'll ever know about horse racing, and I know Jonathan was in lockstep with him. Um, I believe he said he thought Barbara Road should be fifty to one in the race. And that uh, only neophytes would find him appealing. <laughs> so I'm, you know, you are I'm young. Thinking, to be fair, uh, well, I guess you're so. No I mean, Neophy- you're no So Neophy- I'm taking all this, I'm listening to it. And I'm laughing and I'm going, all right. I mean, he's not wrong I, the, based on the way that he's laid it out. My logic is, and he did bring up the point that kind of led me to this horse. There is, a, to me, there is still a world in which I know he hasn't been super close lately, but there's a world in which he is much closer to the pace on Saturday than he has been in these other races. If you're telling me the half's going to be 48 and two or 48 and three, he's not going to be 15 off of it. He's gonna He can't help, but be closer. It's sort of the accordion effect. He's the, been half in might races. Be 50. the half
0: might be 50
1: here. He's been in races lately where the half is 46 and a piece. There's a reason that he's 10, 15 lengths off of it. If they're going 48, I think with the blinkers off and with someone like Joel Rosario aboard, I think he's going to be a hell of a lot closer to the front. I'm not saying he's pushing the pace, but I just don't think he's going to be that far off of it. I could be entirely wrong. But I, I, that, that's the way that I'm looking at it. And if he is in that position, let's say he's three lengths off of it. The number that I'm, going to have, that I'm going to throw out on the broadcast on Saturday, the past 20 years, there have been 15 winners with a half mile left to run within three lengths of the lead. That, to me, is the golden number. You need to be at least in that position to make your run rounding the far turn as they hit the top of the lane. I think Barbara Road with Rosario aboard, and it's not a knock against Ray Lu Gutierrez. I think there is a, a scenario in which this horse can establish that position and go on with it. And the only other thing that I would throw out there, and I'm curious your thoughts because I know you you like Mo Donegal a little bit. How different are these two horses? I, I know we all talk about well, Barbara Road's just a plotter. He's a plotter. He's a plotter. How different if you just took everything else away from him? How different are the two horses? I know Mo Donegal may have a bit of a better kick, but in the Derby they both had the same setup. If anything, actually Barber Road was wider. Mo, Mo Donegal was on the rail for the first three quarters of the race before he ended up going 15 wide. Barber Road was two three path throughout and then went 16 wide. So I just, I guess I'm looking at it saying if Mo Donegal is going to be five to two on Saturday and Barbara is going to be ten to one, I don't think there's nearly. I don't think there's four x separating the two horses put it that
0: way i think they'll be longer in the price i mean i do think mo Donegal has that very impressive to me maybe slow on the commercial figures would to run back to barbara road to me is a cool horse he is i mean it's like break break out whatever cliche you want the ball player who'd run through the wall you know whatever it is he's just he's such a tough fighter yeah yes he's a a, (laughs) a real overachieving type I think but I, I think he's gonna get ignored. I think he might get 15, 20. I wouldn't talk you off. Sean Borman made a case when we were speaking privately, just of that idea that I mentioned to, to to Steve when I was infamously playing Devil's advocate that he's a horse who who ran faster at every point of call last time than he'd done before. That often portends improvement. I think I mean, look, I didn't pick the horse in my top three uh not my top four even but i think he's a cool horse i think it's a really interesting case we will come back to the belmont stakes a little bit later in the show that's going to go for both shows whether you're watching live on horse player happy hour or (laughs) on the players podcast but uh for the main show right now i'm going to throw it to spencer if you're watching so take it away spencer and
3: i'd like to welcome in my next special guest on the in the money media players podcast it is dallas
4: baker from monmouth park dallas how are you today Good. Coming to you live. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Saturday's races, but uh, as we record this, uh, Spencer, it's just about uh, game day for uh, day one of three at Monmouth on the Friday. So uh, here in the beautiful library where there's lots of leather bound books of about 300 years old. So it's, uh, it's always quite a special room being here in the Monmouth Park Library.
3: Always something I've always wanted to check out myself. Got to get down to Monmouth this year for sure. I have never been. I live Probably two hours away. Got to get over there sooner rather than later. But let's get started on the first five races here from Monmouth Park for this Saturday coming up. I'll be giving parimutuel wagering advice. Dallas will go over all the odds and ends for fixed wagering. Race number one is a state bred maiden special weight, one sixty miles going on the turf course. For me in this race, I kind of got it down to two horses. I think surfing from the sixth post going to be a little bit dangerous. Has some nice back numbers. Has lost the main claiming levels. Before and is an 11 time starter. Some of the times I really don't like to take, but I didn't find much else in this race. I thought Steel Pier at a price, number two, definitely another interesting one. It has a couple back races there, are 51 over the good going at Monmouth, going a mile. I think that when I look at down here, this is a horse that might get forgotten with an 0 for 18 trainer, but these are the exact types in a race like this that can definitely spice up exotics and definitely get you on a good winning start for the day. Dallas, give us some breakdown on the odds. Fixed well, wager. I'll
4: tell, tell you what, mate, if you, uh, if you land Steel Pier, you'll be starting the day well. We've, We've opened up Steel Pier at 25 to 1. And should say for anybody, for the small amount of people that might make it to Monmouth, if you wanted to have a bet on Saturday, those markets are up on Friday um, Friday afternoon, generally go up on Thursday for the Saturday and naturally for the Friday as well too on the Thursday. So, um, yes, yeah, so Steel Pier is around about a 25 to 1 mark or $26 in the decimal language. Spencer, our favourite is a horse you didn't mention, Kaz Sweet Heist down the bottom. As you sort of said, there's no... um. Uh, no real superstars in this race, but uh, Kaz Sweet Heist seems the logical favourite at around about the $2.80 mark, which is seven to four, which isn't a price for you, but you know, somewhere between the two, um, the, the three to two and two to one mark in uh, fractional odds. Uh, and our second favourite is Calypso Bandit um, $4.20 or a fat three to one, as Peter Hornetale likes to re- uh, refer to it. But yeah, favourite Kaz Sweet Heist expected to go off and, um, yeah, I wouldn't I don't really expect a lot of a lot of action in the first race. Um, but um that's where it sits at the moment.
3: Race number two for us is an N1X allowance, six furlongs on the dirt. This is the type of races that I just love to bet. Only six horses in the field, but I think I got some good ones here. I am gonna to go to one of the favorites here, dots dollar, the number three. just the fact coming out of that allowance, starter allowance with some blue fractions, but had that nice 83, so maybe still running around the high 70. And I thought Last Romance for one of my favorite jockeys, Paco Lopez, nice win last time out at the State run allowance level. Now we end up going to the Open. And I think a lot of times with this kind of class angle, Last Romance is one that people just don't think can beat regular Open level allowance horses, and they end up doing that. I think seeing Paco also with a jockey change for Catho Lynch, this one for me I think is going to be my top pick. Do do you want to use Dots Dollar as a backup as well?
4: Yeah, Dodds Dollar is probably the logical favourite. Um, hard to see it being much better than even money. I would say Spencer. That's about its price. Last Romance is five to two or three dollars fifty in decimal language. And really, they're the two. They're the two that are going to sort out the market. Sort out the market really. Um, with the expectant that Dodge Dollar will start favourite um, for interest. Uh, the next two in market at seven dollars fifty or a fat. A fat uh six to one or a skinny seven to one, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh for group uh grooms all business and uh rum jar, they're um they're both on that line of bending, But it does as far as the uh, battle for favoritism, it does look like it's between Dots Dollar and Last Romance with Dots Dollar the logical horse to start favorite.
3: Let's see on to race number three from Monmouth, the open 12-5 to 10-5 main claimer. Six furlongs on the dirt. For me, being a big buyer par guy, fifty-two to forty-seven a half for this buyer par. Don't really see a lot of horses close to hitting it. A couple of back numbers. Give me Sir Cupid from the rail. Paco again. Todd Pletcher. Todd's not shipping out here unless he wants the horse to win. Or maybe the horse this isn't exactly New York New York quality. So we'll have to see where that one goes. Mr. JT, a couple of good back numbers, but another one over 12 maiden. Definitely want to use this one as a backup. And I thought at a nice little price, Picard the 6 out of that special weight with a 40. Listen. Now they're dropping all the way to the bottom. We know how sometimes this works. The horse was only four lengths off and made in special weight. Maybe we see a little extra pace in this race and could possibly steal it ten to one.
4: Lovely, cool. Well, mate, I should actually give you a bit of a bit of a wrap. I think when we when we first did our preview, which we had to throw in the bin because the uh, uh, the uh, the meeting was called off. Now? And apologies, phone ringing. One oh, good. On a sec that just get rid of that. Um. Yeah. The meeting was called off, obviously, as we know, due, due to the rain. But you, um, you identified a horse, Caliente Run, uh, that, uh, that has subsequently won, and I think the only horse to win two races at the meet so far. So hopefully, and that was at a pretty good price when you identified it. So my point being is to everybody listening to it that uh, whilst you didn't get a chance to see it in that absolute context, I think you found the right horse, and hopefully you've, um, hopefully you've cashed up on that in the last uh, couple of wins, mate.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I think when looking at Picard as well. Just a lot of angles people don't look at. Maiden weight, much, much difficult racing compared to the main Claiming levels. Everyone else in here has kind of lost that level. Always give these types of horses that tend to want a shot. You're not supposed to win every time with them, but 1 in 10 gets you a nice $22 win mutual. But also, what do you have this horse on at the books for you guys?
4: Yeah, Picard is uh, $8, $8 or 7 to 1. The favorite is Sir Cupid from the rails. I mean, Paco uh, Pletcher from the fence. Um, you know, Pletcher's horses haven't gone enormous here so far yet, but you know, it's hard not to see a favorite. Uh, we've got it $2.90. So just a tick under two to one, uh, ahead of number three, Mr. JT at $3.80. So again, just a tick under three to one there. Um, and uh, the next in line is Morisco at $5.50 or nine to two. You should also mention too, Spencer is, um, how, how do you see the track playing? I, I, my personal view is it's really been uh, dependent on the weather of obviously, I mean, it probably goes without saying how the tracks plays, but uh, the weather heating up here, we haven't had a lot of rain leading into it. And I think as we saw on Sunday last week, and as we saw on Monday out of the three days of racing, it was probably the most pre- uh, preferential. I mean, we know Monmouth always usually plays towards le- uh, favoring on pace runners as most tracks do. But uh, I think as we saw the, the the we get got further and further away from the rain the more and more it was favoring on pace and leaders um and we haven't had a lot of rain leading into this day so i would expect it's going to be uh going to be favoring on pace runners slash leaders today i think too it's also nice to have a bunch of aggressive jockeys
3: in the well. Yep. a lot of times when i play new york you know we have the old the old grab grab a hold for the turf races which can get kind of difficult so it's kind of nice if i can see speed on their form they're most nine times out of 10 going to go. And I do agree with you the farther away from the rain. I've noticed, especially just in past years as well with Monmouth, yep. it just speed favoring or at least stalkers. You try to tend to stay away from the closers for sure. Yep. Let's move on to race. Number four it is a starter allowance. 2,500 or 25,000. Sorry. Six for longs on the dirt in this race. I just kind of felt like happy ride was the one and one to do it. One for the maiden 40, did f- absolutely find that optional 16 lost by 10 lengths, but was 11 to one. I mean, you're going to find always that maybe one horse that has, has its day, nothing else in this race. I just feel that this one likes to show speed has never been more than two lengths off the lead at the start. And like we just talked about with, with the bias, you want a horse to be on the leader close and happy ride fits that really well in this race.
4: Yeah. And, Look, and again, I mean, we're probably repeating ourselves with what we said about Paco in the previous race, too. I mean, he's looks and on, pace, on, on pace from the fence as well. So they're the two, what you just mentioned, Happy Ride and Little Miss Camille, number one. Uh, they're the two fighting out favouritism. We have Happy Ride, a slightly favourite at the moment. It's uh, $2.90 on the decimal. So a, a roll under uh, two to one in fractional language and ahead of Little Miss Camille at $3.50 or five to two in the fractional language. They're clearly the two that are going to fight out the favouritism. Um, and a lot will come down to how heavy the push is for um, for Paco. Um Got to say, um, Parco's been our friend. Uh, most yeah. people said to us last week, oh, you would have absolutely had a strip out with Parco winning the last five race, uh, the winning the first five races, and riding the pick five. Mm. Should say uh, last week, but it was an absolute fill up for us. So. But- <laughs> <laughs> Parco, we, we, we're, we're erecting a statue of Parco uh, in our offices at the moment, that's for sure. So, yeah. But anyway, so there for this race, is $2.90 happy ride, $3.50 Little Miss Camille, next in betting, $7.50 Tindari, number two.
3: Let's move on to race number five, optional – or, I'm sorry, just N1X allowance, 1160 miles, back on the turf course. This race for me which is kind of wide open. I feel like I got three in here that can do it. The number two, she fled the scene, just has that nice allowance – Race last time out, three by two lengths has those nice 72, 73, 76 buyers. Just one that I think could be consistent. Midnight Diva at six to one. Now I'm just gonna start turning into some prices. I mean, this horse was third in the honeymoon, now is in an allowance race. I feel like grade three form looks pretty good on allowance against allowance foes. Don't want to leave this one out. And I thought uh, Aziza as well from Michelle Huntingway. Has another couple of nice allowance races from Tampa and then one also at Belmont. Didn't really run that well. Eight by five did have a fast pace, but the buyer fits here. And I think when a lot of times people see that eight by five, they might shy away
4: a little bit and we get some money on the five Aziza. Lovely, cool. Uh, So, Spencer, I think you're going to like what I've got to say here, mate. Um, You said Midnight Diva was a six to one morning line, is it? You there, mate? Yep. Yep. Yeah, six to one morning line. Do you want 30 to 1? Does 30 to 1 sound okay to you? 30 to 1 sounds fantastic, actually. <laughs> well, that's what we're betting right now, Spencer. <laughs> so uh, we've gone up 30 to 1 in, And the, I've just uh, lost my screen there. Um, And uh, she fled the scene. Number two uh, is 12, $12, so 11 to 1. So a couple of really nice prices there, hopefully to round out your pick five, which if people want to follow, you've given them some options there with, what, a 25 to 1 chance and 8 to 1 chance. And now... Uh, now a thirty to one chance and a ten to one chance, or they're about to bring them home. So, um, as far as as far as what we're looking at the fixed odds market, there's plenty of value in your set there, mate. So, but Shad Nation, hard to go past. Obviously, again, Paco Lopez, surprise, surprise, and uh, Christopher Clement, Um, and obviously bringing some pretty decent form from Belmont and Goldstream and Keenland and all of that, which those tracks usually get bet heavily here. So. Hard to argue that Shad Nation will be probably a pretty well back favourite. We've got it around about two dollars sixty, which is a, a little bit more of a more than three to two. So um, that looks like being favourite. Next pick Champagne Horizon number one at four forty, and Aziza, the horse you mentioned, it's about a five to one chance on our in our early markets or our opening markets six dollars decimal. So uh, mate, plenty of value there for your followers, Spencer.
3: Okay, gotta try and do it. I will let people know though. Just the reason I kind of had Shad Nation off the ticket. Kind of the same figures as all the other horses in there. Like you said, when I can get thirty to one compared to two to one, three to two, Yep. the thirty to one over the over the three to two any day. But that is all the time we have with this pick five. I want to thank my special guest Dallas Baker for coming on and talking to us. Thank you so much, my man.
4: Thanks, Spencer. Good luck to everyone, and uh, good luck to everyone who follows in the Money Podcast.
3: <laughs> and
4: now I'd like to welcome in my next
3: special guest. Someone I can't have a podcast without listening to his ideas or just having them on just to you know poke fun if and that it's matt bagvolji friend of in the money media matt how are you today
5: doing great spencer good to see you and uh on the on the eve of a really nice belmont card coming up
3: uh, i think it's a great card you think it's a good card other people don't think it's a good card we'll have to see how it goes i know it's a bunch of short short fields but i got some value tomorrow i think we're gonna be all right with a little five pick six, six action
5: yeah, I agree. I think it's again, all co- always comes down to uh, to game selection, right? I think the uh, the longer exotics, the pick fives and the pick sixes get very interesting. It go both ways. Listen, if, if you find value, you can play it. if you really like something and it's gonna be a shorter price, then you can lever up your bankroll. So I, I think there's opportunities on both sides of it there. And I think there's a few races where you can get creative. So and I also think as well, I think there's some gonna be some strong favorites, but I don't think they're gonna be as strong as you think. Because there's enough talent around, even in these short fields, that I think you'll see some money gravitate elsewhere. So I think you might be surprised some prices you get on Saturday.
3: We're going to talk about Belmont in a different podcast. Right now we're going to talk Late Pick 4 at Lone Star Park, sponsored by Race Lens. Matt, I know you're a very big proponent of using this software and just kind of give people an idea of what they can look forward to when they use this.
5: Yeah, so going forward, we doing um, some uh, some more segments of going a little bit deeper of, of how I use it and and how the product uh, is uh, what I think is a good value add. Um, I've been using it since they they came out with it. Can't even remember how long that's been, um, but it's it's a way where you can do your own research. You know, it, you know, you can model things in ways that you don't have to have, you know, the 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 background to to build it yourself, right? So it's a way that you can find all kinds of data it draws in everything Equibase has like literally everything you see on the Equibase sheet, you can pull in, you know, test everything, whether it's post position, whether it's distance surface, you know, change in surface, uh, pace sure. figures, all, all that kind of stuff, you know, you can really dive into it. And what I like about it, the people ask me like, what's the number one thing about it that, that you like, that's helped you, you create your own advantages, right? So I'm not buying a product to tell me what they like I'm doing the research to find what I like and what I think fits. So you're kind of originating your own content, which for me, I think that's where you find edge.
3: I can't agree with you more. Let's start off with race number seven from Lone Star Park. It's just a nice little n to l allowance. Seven and a half though on the
5: turf course, dangerous distance. What'd you kind of like in this one, Matt? Uh, I'm going to, two horses that, that I like. One of them um, is going to be the, the two camaraderie uh, trying the turf for the first time. I just think class-wise this horse fits. I think breeding this horse should have been on the turf. I'm surprised it's taken this long to get to the turf. Um, you know, no issues with with the distance. Like you said, it can't be tricky, and I think there's some speed signed on here too. So this horse just should show some early foot. I think eight to one on the morning line is a bit of a dream. I would love to take that, but I'm going to try this horse uh, on for, for Steve Asimson on the, on the turf for the first time. That's the two, again, camaraderie. The other horse that I'll have as an A as well, um, again, kind of a, a – opposite of, of a pace play is looking at uh, what should be the favorite in this race the seven uh princess pauline which is the morning line favorite um tr- one try on the turf i thought got an absolute perfect setup and ran everybody down off the pace i think that same setup can happen again today so i know that was a uh, maiden stepping into an allowance company if i look at this field in terms of uh, a power rank so to speak of the quality of this field i think it's very similar to that maiden race so I think if the if the two camaraderie can step out and, and take them gate to wire, that's one I like to have. But if they're going to come off the pace with a, little, with a little bit of a collapse going this distance, I like the seven uh, Princess Pauline. Uh, another horse that I would throw in there as, as a B, probably going to take some money as well, uh, is the five uh, dial 10 for G it could step out and as proven to uh, go gate to wire. So that's always a dangerous horse, uh, you know, get loose on the front end. I don't think this horse will get as loose uh, as, as you might think. I think the eight will pr- apply some pressure. Uh, the two that I mentioned before will be up there. So I think you might have some hot pace up front. So uh, those are the three that I'm going to look at there. So the A's are uh, the two and the seven and a B going to add in as the five.
3: I, I think when I looked overall at, at this race as well, I think for me, it was again, like just the outside princess Pauline, Steve Asmussen, Stewart Elliott, I just think that coming out of that main special weight win, had a fast pace. Listen, even though they were three and a half back, getting that fast pace, it's kind of right in the middle. I like to see horses that can win following fast paces like that. But Color of Wind was a little bit interesting as well. Has a race at this level already. Didn't decline so bad. And even when we see that little five-point drop in the buyers, it was on top of a hellaciously fast pace, going one mile. Now we kind of get a small little turn back and overall I kind of like the seven and the eight here as my two main a's let's move on to race number eight 75 n2l six furlongs in the dirt going definitely
5: down the claiming ladder a little bit more what do we like in this one it's a tough race I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a few in here um, I'll start with the uh, the number three uh catch us if you can um third off the layoff again i know those weren't the most impressive races uh the last two but i mean just gets a ton of relief here mm-hmm. i think finds the the right class level finds uh finds uh, uh finds a friend so to speak i uh, i think in in this race and uh you know looking at some some uh some stats through uh through race lens uh for calhoun in terms of on a, on a trainer angle looking at a couple different things uh, if you look at it going six furlongs uh on the dirt uh, this year, a pretty big sample size, two hundred and eighty one starts, hitting at twenty two percent and still has a positive ROI of two percent. So again, they're not getting crushed off the board even with that high hit percentage relative to the sample. Uh, and the other one I looked at too is is second off the layoff, second off a, a two to six month layoff. That was a key angle as well. Uh, again, just 20 starts, but again, I think that's it's a small ish sample, but I think you can you can derive some some positivity out of it hitting that 30% and a, and a positive 86% ROI. So a couple of good things working in that direction there. Again, I just think finds the right class level, finds the finds the right horses uh, to compete with. Uh, so number three, uh, catches if you can, will be on the ticket there. Um, the number four, uh, cost uh, an arm and a leg. I just think fits. I don't know if this is a horse I want to uh, stand alone on, but mm. I think this horse fits at this level. I think it can compete. I think we'll also be up, close on that pace i think this race will be one towards the front end uh so i did like the uh the four as well Uh, other horses you can take a look at i think on joey is interesting as well you know getting back to the dirt um this level again should also fit taking a nice uh, nice little bit of class relief um so those were the those were the three primarily another one too the nine magic stardust as you can see i'm kind of going through some horses but i think it's it's a bit of a confusing race i think it'll be more towards the front end if something does melt down, I would throw a magical stardust, the nine, in there. Coming off the uh, coming off the pace, give you another stat for uh, for the nine on a trainer standpoint. Looking at Caldwell's red hot here, um, you know, looking at it from uh, the, the claiming ranks, right? So specifically in claiming races, you know, 108 starts, 30 percent winners, and a, and a positive positive 45 percent ROI. So this is certainly a spot uh, this trainer does it incredibly well third start on the dirt as well so you like that uh you like that as well so those are the horses i'm going to look at here probably the three and four as a's six and nine as as b's but the way that i construct these tickets i I would classify this leg as a b where what that means is i want to use combinations of all of these horses at a high percentage right so not just the standard a b c type structure i want to focus on this race to to utilize these horses as much as I can versus some other legs where I'll get skinny. So, but those are the, those are the main four that I'm going to concentrate on here.
3: I've pretty much. We just got one, one switcher out of all those. Uh, Catch guess if you can, I kind of feel the same way. Calhoun, obviously with a $2 straight ROI, like that's so nice to have fast pace. Again, kind of went out the back now drops way down. That's such a big key angle when you have, you know, class drop plus pace switch. For me, uh, cost an arm and a leg. I tossed this one. I just don't know if this one's going a little bit more backwards. Instead, I'm going to use the number five, our, our southern girl, who is dropping a little bit in class. And the last time under Carter Royce Jr. had 69-67, which I think will just blow this field right away. Aunt Joy coming off the turf for Tracy Glover. Obviously not the best in term when you're looking at those stats, of 7% for the year. But I think this horse fits a couple of 17s. The maiden race looked really nice off the turf. And Magical Stardust, again, Calwell. kind of hard not to have him on the ticket. Turf to Dirt, 27%, positive ROI of 45 starts. There's not many, I think, in the game that go turf to Dirt that have a positive ROI with that many sa- in the sample. So definitely use Magical Stardust as well. For me, probably catch us if you can. Aunt Joy and the Nine as A's, and my one lone B will be our Southern girl. Let's move on to the next race, race number nine that being a n2l allowance 101, 16 miles on the dirt Matt how are we continuing building our ticket here
5: uh, I'm gonna get a little bit uh, a little bit uh, skiddy here uh requisition the number two I think is is interesting here thoughts you know a couple of nice efforts um, you know I think this race is is going to be set up similar to the last two races so but a couple of nice efforts got caught in some hot paces. I don't think it's going to be uh as as contentious or i don't think i don't think this horse will be as forwardly placed uh so might sit off of it might get a better trip this time around um so i just think again i think it's a, a good spot pace wise and i think this horse certainly has a lot of talent uh, but i will say i think the most likely winner on the card today not just in the sequence i think it's going to be the six it was going to be you know a, a short price favorite uh beyond hello I just think this horse towers over the field to be, to be honest with you. Um, I know it's, it's hard to say that in, in, in a race like this, but again, I think I like those last two races, third off of a layoff. Um, I just think this horse is going to be very tough to beat and could shake loose on the lead too. just could be the, the speed of the speed and, and, and really uh, run everybody off their feet. So uh, I'm going to go with the lone a with the six beyond hello. And I'm going to go with the lone B. Uh, the two requisition. I think those two are going to be the primary players uh, in, uh, in race number nine here at Lone Star.
3: I am now terrified because I have a single and it's neither of those horses. Yay for me. So I'm going to go with number 3 Ardoc Just like the fact the last couple of races, obviously the Sunderland race of the 70, but came back with that nice little race at Lone Star going seven furlongs and now stretching out. I think when obviously being five by two and a quarter, I think now with the stretch out could be even closer and maybe it becomes Beyond Hello versus R-Doc. And I've seen so many races over the years where everyone goes, oh, this one should blow the other speed away. And then you're at the turn, and then they haven't burned him away again. Now you're just cheering to the 16th pole. And then usually the other horse probably puts the other one away. But I just think in this spot with R-Doc that having that fast pace should be a little bit closer to the pace. Obviously, one for only 40,000, but that was back at Aqueduct, had a 61. So the last three of the four last races have been improving. So for me, give me R-Doc here. I'm trying to make some money and not just play Chalk, Chalk, Chalk. Not that it's bad to play Chalk, 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 but beyond hello for me. The race two back did have some blue fractions. I'm going to take a shot here with R-Doc and see if we can get it done here in the third leg. Let's move on to race number 10, 25,000 N3L, five furlongs on the turf. Matt, how are we getting paid?
5: Uh, so this, so in the 10th race here, um, my uh, the horse I'm going to concentrate concentrate probably the most on is going to be the eight ballerini again probably going to be a short shortish price uh again but i just think it's the right setup going five here i love that outside post can can break and 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 kind of wait and see this horse can go to the lead and, and take them all the way around i think but also i think it, this horse is best sitting off that pace um you know similar that claiming field was similar back at uh, sam houston but Uh, Again, I just like this horse getting back to to five, getting, getting uh, posted to the outside can sit off what I think is, you know, a a classic speed and fade type in, uh, in the two uh, Texas Thunder who I I don't like in this, but I just think can, can sit off, see Mm -hmm. if that, that horse drags anybody else into the race. Um, Another horse that I do like uh, that's going to be sitting closer to the pace is uh, still of the night similar type. I think a similar type setup, you know, can, can sit off the pace, could save ground and, and get first run, um, in, in the stretch. So I I think that that grouping of, you know, the, the eight, uh, Ballerini, the three, uh, still of the night, and then also the five, uh, Rumpus as well, I think fits in here Uh, again, probably going to be the, the horse that take the the most of the money in in the end. But again, I just think sits up, they all three set a perfect trip right off that that uh, that speed and fade type speed. So, but if I were to kind of you know put put a pick to it, the lone A I'm going to use is Ballerina. I'm going to press this horse, but I'll back up with uh, the five and the three as well.
3: I tend to agree with you. Ballerina for me is one I definitely want to use. Coming off those allowance races, I kind of just feel now you're going to the claiming races. Big claiming, big drop. The last race was a 73 fits also at five. Telling time for me is another interesting one. Had an absolute perfect, perfect setup last time out with a 69. I think it's a close enough, even if this one only drops down three or four points, maybe Ballerine just ends up getting a little bit faster pace up front, telling time might be able to come from off the lead. Also, Lane Luzzi, not one to uh, to not love on a horse, 19%. I think Rumpus as well, just kind of ending it out. Has just been in such good form. Three of the last five races hit the board. And I think this one's finally ready to just take the next step into the winner's circle. And you're, and you're getting a really nice price here. Obviously, five seconds, maybe a little bit of second ice on this one. But for me, Rumpus is definitely going to be one that I think can spice up. It's only 7-2 to two on the morning line, but I think we're going to see that one drift up a little bit. So for me, it's definitely 8-7 and the 5. I want to thank my special guest, Matt Vagvoloji, for coming on and talking some Lone Star Late Pick 4 with me. Matt, where people find you? Obviously, for social media and then also looking forward to more of these Race lens ideas and podcast.
5: Yeah, have Blakers on twenty two. Feel free to uh, to reach out to me on uh, on Twitter. Love uh, love chatting with folks on on there. Um, yeah, it's going forward again. Just looking at different uh, different different angles. You know, looking at track profiles. We're going to profile some upcoming meets like Saratoga, Del Mar um just looking at the history of different distances and surfaces and you know, types of horses that have been successful analyzing pace we'll also drag in their uh, ai version uh which is true odds um so th- their uh, their 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 ai segment of of race lens uh, i think has some interesting uh things to look at there also easy ways to toggle through pace design uh for the race so all that stuff we're going to be getting into and i think uh, again to complement the uh, other great uh, handicapping uh, we have here on the network, I think it's a little bit different. We're going to look at more of the statistical side of it to to marry the uh, the uh, the you know the qualitative handicapping of looking at the form. So I'm excited to uh, to do it and uh, looking forward to uh, to more uh, episodes uh, talking about it.
4: We will we
0: will talk soon. That is for sure. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, Spencer. See you. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Woodbine. Going to be hearing more about this Woodbine Saturday card in the next segment. But wanted to let you know that the $125,000 Stella Artois Fury Stakes for three-year-old Phillies Folding Canada is slated for Saturday, June 11th. The seven furlong race is a key prep on the road to the prestigious $500,000 Woodbine Oaks presented by Budweiser on Sunday, July 24th. The $125,000 Queenston Stakes for three-year-olds fold in Canada is set for Sunday, June 12th. This seven furlong race is a key prep on the road to the iconic $1 million Queen's Plate set for Sunday, August 21st. Other key races on the road to the Woodbine, Oaks, and Queen's Plate include the Grade 3 $150,000 Celine Stakes and the Grade 3 $150,000 Marine Stakes. Those one-mile-and-a-16th events take place on Saturday. July 2nd. Going to be hearing lots more about Woodbine as the season progresses on any the in the money media network and for much more go to woodbine.com. And now let's come in
3: my last special guest for this week's in the money players podcast. It's someone near and dear to my heart. Someone I haven't talked to in at least probably 6 months, probably more. It's Drew of from the money media. Drew, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. Busy a little bit here, Spencer, but all good up in Michigan for Uh, the foreseeable future to enjoy the summer and uh, relax in northern Michigan up here so how are you good I'm good
3: hanging in there obviously PTF a little bit too busy so always glad to take the guest uh, the guest chair away and uh, had a fun time talking to Dallas and Matt so far so glad to have you on as well I know you're in for a bit of a tight window here so let's get her started right away race number seven from Woodbine is 125k listed the Stella Artois Fury
2: Stakes seven furlongs on the synth what did you like in here Drew? Yeah, I think this race starts with a pace that looks to be fairly flat, and none of these horses stood out too convincingly, and I'm taking a bit of a price to start things off with. The number six into touring, I think that price of 15 to 1, we're going to get all of that, so I love that we're going to get a nice price when, again, some of those shorter horses have some knocks on them. And this one should be able to sit near the lead and get the first jump. And the the figures are a bit light overall when we compare it to this younger bunch. But when you're looking at these younger horses, sometimes you have to understand there is going to be some volatility in terms of performance. And I'm hoping that volatility is favorable to us. Uh, with Cassie and Kimura, I trust in this spot. I also want to have Moira, the number five, on side as well. I think both those races were pretty darn impressive, closing the so, slower fractions. So I think first uh, time going one turn might be a bit of a challenge here. I, I'm curious to see how the pace unfolds for this horse. But I think this one's going to be the best of the stalking bunch. So I'm going to stay pretty single with the number six into touring and the number five Moira to kick things off.
3: I couldn't get away from Moira, obviously a short price, but just the fact that had the Mezzarine ran a solid second with Justin Stein. Now we get Hernandez up in the irons. This is one that had a bit of a, it was weird. Very rarely do you see red hot fraction plus a blue fraction in the same running line. So very interesting to see where this one goes. Five to two is probably a little bit on the short end. Probably will maybe hopefully we get a couple extra horses in there that people kind of split this one. So the horizontals and verticals look a little bit better. The other one I wanted to add was super flashy from uh the three post Gallardo is aboard. Uh, listen, three improving speed figures, and that one, last one being a 71, was off of a slow pace. But if this one can improve against a lightly race three year old, I'm just, I, I think this one at six to one has got a great, great price to uh, to upset this bunch. Let's move on to race number eight from Woodbine it is an allowance race
2: going one on 16 miles
3: on the inner turf. What do we like in this one, Drew?
2: Yeah, this is another one where I'm not finding a lot to trust. So, I'm gonna start off with something a little crazy and go with the number four Philly Eagles at 12 to one at the morning line again kind of a cassie uh, and a trusted jockey combination here with Emma Jane Wilson getting aboard but I think there's a bit of a story to tell that this one came over from the UK and did okay uh, there was a couple trips those two events and the last two specifically yeah they were garbage in terms of uh, figures earned but at the end of the day, both of the jockeys gave up uh, as they were entering the top of the stretch. Just because I, I don't think this horse had anything left and was outclassed. So today gets a little bit easier of a bunch and, heck, maybe able to get back to some of that UK form. And and I will say as a comparative, the number five Afrati, Afrata, um, who did run impressively over the synthetic, it had some similar numbers to this number four Phillies Eagles when running over in the UK. So a good perspective to keep that. We're going to either take uh two to one favoritism or 12 uh, to one on a horse who may have taken a little bit longer and Philly's Eagle to get things figured out. So I'll be using the number four uh, Phillies Eagle. And then the number two seasons, I think is just uh, a, a great horse that, for Ellen J. Foxwood came off that dream trip at Keeneland only to beat by uh Nevian's Rise or sunrise uh who's actually racing on the belmont card uh, this weekend so I, I think the number two seasons is going to really continue to improve and has the overall figures sit the ground saving trip again and try and make a move late on them i think those two are all you need um within this race of the four and the two for me
3: for seasons i just kind of wrote in big letters board obviously seven for seven in the money five underneath placing this kind of makes me a little bit nervous I'm going to add the four now that you've brought up that with Philly Eagles compared to the Ephratis, uh overseas form. I just like this last race closing into slow fractions. We know it's the JK Special, eight to one. Obviously, gets a little bit worse of a price in this spot, but I, I think that I've now started to become. If they win first time over from overseas, they're going to run just as well second time. I'm, I'm more or less ready for that to happen. I thought Lido Key was also a little bit interesting with Kamara aboard for Steven Sherikov. And just Mm -hmm. the last race under the new barn, 76, did lose by quite a bit lengthwise, six lengths. But at seven to one, I mean, wasn't one that I think the public was super, super aimed in on and has just been super consistent the last five races, all within that 70 buyer range. So at four to one, definitely want to take a shot here with Lido Key. Yep.
2: Let's
3: move on to race number nine an optional 62 claimer, one mile on the turf, Drew. How are we finishing this race?
1: Yeah,
2: I I think there's great value in the number one got to go. The four-year-old still has upside left and started the 2022 campaign nicely at Keeneland, closing into those neutral fractions. And then comes back to Woodbine on the synth here today uh, or at, at, at second start and threw in a blah effort. And I think today with the inside draw, this one should be able to set up and save all the ground, stay in touch with the field and power home. Um, and, and some might say, well, Hey, wait, Rosebud's hope in this race already beat this runner. But to that, I say, going on the inner, uh, Rosebud's hope got the easy lead and the inner turf course favors, uh, the front end quite well because of those tight turns. So I think getting on this surface and this course will help, uh, the number one gotta go here in this spot. And I'm also going to use the number six sweet serenade, uh, presser with the back, uh, best back glass and the number two Mademoiselle Nova, um, I think I'm not going to leave that one off the ticket because this one is going to set the pace. And if no one else goes, I think that's a tremendous pace advantage. So three horses for me use all equally one, six, and two in this race. We kind of see the race a little bit differently. Well, I think we have one equal horse
3: for me. I guess I'll just get started. I thought a fleet captain with Gallardo and Kevin Atard. the last couple of races have obviously been slower paced races, two and three back, but, I think has was far enough away that you can kind of you know give a pass to it. Still ran quite well. That second two-back, that race fits in really nice here. Stretched out, obviously, off the layoff over the synthetic. Now kind of getting back on the turf, where obviously was good enough to run in the dance smartly, so they must think like something of this horse in the turf. I, I kind of like the fact they're kind of in this allowance level now, which I think fits this one a little bit better. Sweet Serenade, same thing with you as well. The last couple of races, obviously they allowance two back at Keelan, nice third there with Gaffley on a board, came back, declined a little bit for Roger Atfield over the synth. I think getting back onto the right surface is exactly what this one will need. And as a bomb, I thought Saratoga vision was quite interesting. Not maybe in the same buyer par area as these guys, but I think the last two 78s and the nice little fourth there under Alderson at 11 to one. I think this one has shown that they can finish in the top half of the board and just needs a little bit extra help and luck there to uh Get it done at a solid 12 to 1. Let's move on to the last race and see how we get paid here. Race number 10, Maiden, Claimers, 10,000, seven furlongs in the synth. Drew, how
2: are we going to cash this ticket? Yeah, I'm going to be super simple on this one. I'm going to go with the number nine. Same again, Doc. Dropping class and might help the show some speed like we saw on debut. So maybe this one can get to the lead and not, not stop. The number five action point. Uh, might again, be a lone speed. If you can't catch onto a theme, I'm looking for a runner that's going to be up or near that pace. Um, and then the number one patio party as well, the two or four two-year-old form was pretty good. So if we project that upward a little bit, maybe there's a step forward. So three horses, nine, five, and one, I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go all on this. Cause it's a pretty salty bunch here at this level.
3: I mean, I feel like we're at the back end of a, of a Belmont card here with this maiden claiming race patio party. Listen, in these types of races, when they're going to the bottom, I want class droppers. That first and foremost, if you've yeah. lost this level already, you're kind of already out. Patio party for me. Action point, like you had said. I, I like the fact that it was in a fast-paced race and was still somewhat forwardly placed in the top three. Yeah. I think that can really help out, especially with I was talking about with Matt Vagolgi dropping in class, but also being, you know, part of the pace early on. And not a lot of horses in here really ran to the buyer par. So give me summer Harry. I understand that like, obviously the numbers don't look that good, but 21% with a positive ROI over the synthetic for this trainer in Francine Villain a wave. I just think that overall at eight to one, this horse can kind of add extra value in case all these other favorites just kind of, you know, do what 10k claimers do and not yeah. win the race.
2: Yeah. Don't be afraid to take a stand. I, I think these are the type of best races to take stands or, or, or try and play in value plays. Uh, where anything can happen in this bunch, especially when you've seen exposed form in some of these races. And at Woodbine, they're always tough and competitive. And you want to make sure you get paid as well as if you're running a lot of your money through the pick four or pick five. So make make sure to not uh, <laughs> hold the horses too accountable in this rank and, and get creative and get fun with how you're handicapping them.
3: Super excited to have my friend Drew Cotney on. Drew, let's try and, you know, make it more, regularly at this point and not every six months all
2: right absolutely and maybe next time we can chat for a little longer and uh go over some new angles we're finding absolutely can't wait for it thanks so much cheers that's
0: gonna do it for today's show i want to thank all of today's guests i especially want to thank spencer lugan buell for doing such a great job in my stead on some of those extra handicapping segments as we've been running around with all these people in from out of town ask it next week it's been bedlam around here Really appreciate Spencer's help as well as that of the other guests to give us the skinny on these races for this loaded Saturday of racing in North America. We'll thank some other people as well, including our founding partners, the TRF, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. We have a link up right now to get seats to the Belmont Stakes. If you are looking for seats, you don't have them yet. Go to trfinc.org slash players. You can make a donation to the chaplaincy and get those seats. So this is a great way to do it. trfinc.org players. That's the place that you want to go to get those. And in addition to that, we'll thank 10 Strike Racing. Great to see Marshall Graham. He's been my personal Uber driver uh, this week. And I uh, think that's going to continue today. Appreciate those services very much, Marshall. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. We thank producer Craig for pushing all the right buttons our business manager is Drew Cotney. Our Chief Creative Officer is Jonathan Kenshin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. Make you win all your photos.